Hi there, we're listening to TikTok. Pussy dead. So, it has been three days. It says Florida has hit the F around finding out point. Three days, I need you to see my pores. Three days. In which my video has gone viral talking about the construction worker telling DeSantis that 300 white people, 300 white citizens need to come over and take over the job site. Tres dias. Now, some of you had the audacity saying it was to put in Mayo. That's why it was empty. But they don't celebrate it like that. That's you guys. You colonized their holiday. That's what you did. So, today is Tuesday. Yesterday is when we got to see the real deal. And, oh boy, thank you for all the tags in the videos of empty job sites. Of people not working because they're not there. Not only that. I have been getting message after message of how reservations are down. Somebody who works for Disney reservations, those reservations are down. He said it was scary. I know, because my business is suffering right now. Or Fort Wilderness, Disney. My friend who works for the convention center, conferences are being canceled. Can you think about it? If you're from like Atlanta, Georgia, and you're having a conference down here, and you are a person of color, other why would you come down here somebody somebody said in my comment box that they should request danger pay canadians don't want to come down here because they said it's not safe to be in florida we had 201 i said 199 in my last video but it's 201 mass shootings why come down here and florida's fight with disney doesn't help the fact that they were basically discriminating against transgender people doesn't help these anti-immigration policies so if you're coming from another state you have a id from another state that can really harass you just coming down here why even take that chance people are telling me that they're going to california to go to disney um i'm not sure if that's going to help to pay for this disney here and you know what some of the desantis lovers are saying that's good well wait until the next fucking hurricane hit let a damn hurricane come or it's going to to your home who is going to take care of it? You know you have insurance that you pay astronaut prices, right? And it's going to go over Get rid of that fucker. But who's going to fix your roof if it gets damaged? Who's going to fix it? You going to do it? You're, are you going to do it? Yeah. We in a shift form here in Florida. We in a shift form. You guys, I don't know how real, how real this is getting. And all you have to do is thank the Santas. And you're thinking about making him president? Surely, Jack. Surely. It has been three days. Three days. I need you to see my course. Three days. Republicans just love to take the economy. Construction worker telling DeSantis that 300 white people, 300 white citizens, need to come over and take over the job site. Tres dias. Now, some of you have the audacity saying it was Cinco de Mayo. That's why it was empty. But they don't celebrate it like that. That's you guys. You colonized your holiday. That's what you did. So, today is Tuesday. Yesterday is when we got to see the real deal. And oh boy, thank you for all the tags in the videos of empty job sites. Of people not working because they're not there. Not only that, I have been getting message after message of how reservations are down. Somebody who works for Disney reservations, those reservations are down. Yeah, we came from Africa, and that's, that's Darwinism, bro. That's literally Darwinism. 
you subscribe to something really enlightening and miraculous happened to me recently. Something so amazing that I could barely stand witness to it. I was helping a neighbor to shovel her walk. She was an older white lady, um, 80s, maybe even 90s years old. And as I was shoveling, she's just staring at me. After a while, she said, you are truly beautiful. <laughs> I was like, uh, ma'am? She smiled and said, well, not just you, all your people. She trailed off for a little bit, and then she said, they lied to us too, you know. And like a damn fool, I bought it. Hook, line, and sinker. That your people were bad. That you guys were drunks. That you were violent. And I participated in keeping your people out of our society. And if I wasn't participating, then I was standing there watching others do it. I was a damn fool, she said. Listening to everyone else's bullshit about you kept me from a whole side of life, she said. I could have had native girlfriends. I could have been trading recipes. We could have been going out places together. I could have learned all about your culture. I had fry bread once. I could have had it my whole life. <laughs> and then she said, and I could have married one of you native men. You guys are the best looking men on the planet instead of that redneck I spent all those years with. <laughs> she said, but I didn't get that chance because I listened to them. And I missed this part of my life. I wasted this part of my life like a damn fool, she said. After a little bit of awkward try, after a little bit of awkward silence, I asked her, well, where's this change coming from? She said I was down at the community center and I came across a book called The Inconvenient Indian. She said after I read it, I felt shame. She said after that, I started reading more and more. And I even went to a few uh, indigenous events. And she said that's when I realized they lied to us too. She said now I use my time. I go down to the uh, community center and I give all those old racists a what for. <laughs> she said, you know, I feel so bad because most of the problems we see in the world today started with my generation, the generations before me. She said, I can't change it, but I can make a big enough noise so that all those other people out there too can see how foolish we were. I was stunned. I've never seen, especially an older white person, have such a moment of clarity, of enlightenment, and then, by their own will to go and change. I had no words, so I did what felt natural. I went and I hugged that old lady. Now, we didn't change the world. She felt good in that moment. Something really enlightening and miraculous happened to me recently. Something so amazing that I could barely stand witness to it. I was helping a neighbor to shovel her walk. She was an older white lady, um, 80s, maybe even 90s years old. And as I was shoveling, she was just staring at me. After a while, she said, you are truly beautiful. <laughs> I was like, uh, ma'am? She smiled and said, well, not just you, all your people. She trailed off for a little bit, and then she said, they lied to us too, you know. And like a damn fool, I bought it. Hook, line, and sinker. That your people were bad. That you guys were drunks. That you were violent. And I participated in keeping your people out of our society. And if I wasn't participating, then I was standing there watching others do it. I was a damn fool, she said. Listening to everyone else's bullshit about you kept me from a whole side of life, she said. I could have had native girlfriends. I could have been trading recipes. We could have been going out places together. I could have learned all about your culture. I had fry bread once. I could have had it my whole life. <laughs> and then she said, 
and I could have married one of you native men. You guys are the best looking men on the planet instead of that redneck I spent all those years with. <laughs> she said, but I didn't get that chance because I listened to them. And I missed this part of my life. I wasted this part of my life like a damn fool, she said. After a little bit of awkward, after a little bit of awkward silence, I asked her, where's this change coming from? She said, I was down at the community center and I came across a book called The Inconvenient In The Inconvenient Indian sounds like a book that needs to be in our hashtag new national curriculum. Yes, Joe Biden, grow a spine. Look the fucking easy breezy, dipshit. Remove them all now. GOP fucking GOP traitors. Um, I'm tweeting this. In Congress. Congress, put the number for Congress, 202, 231, Why is it, uh... in government don't seem to want to do their jobs. <laughs> and I'm posting on Instagram.
It's not a fucking problem. Right, collaborator. Joe Biden. Fucking spineless. I didn't vote for you, fucker. POTUS! Where's POTUS? Uh, I already tagged him. Joe Biden. Tagged both of his Instagram accounts. Politico. Justice Department. Education Department. U.S. Ed Gov is their handle. <laughs> Education Week. Doing in them, Occupy Democrats, Dems for Action, NWPC, Fourteenth Amendment. Uh, I think I studied that in um, some more. Okay, um, music, lock Trump up. See what's uh, what's up with Midas Touch. Good morning, by the way. Guten Morgen, America. Enjoy the ride, Trata. Trumps are with new DOJ filing you never saw coming. Yeah. Great. 
I'm Ben Micellis from the hey, Midas Touch Network. The Department of Justice just made a very important and critical filing in the about disqualification? defamation case against Donald Trump. And you may be asking yourself, why would the Department of Justice make a filing in E. Jean Carroll's defamation case against Donald Trump? Well, buckle up, we're going to do some procedural legal history uh, together, and it'll all be very, very clear in a moment. So there's actually two E. Jean Carroll defamation cases in the federal courthouse in the Southern District of New York before Judge Lewis County. E. Jean Carroll 1 and E. Jean Carroll 2. The case that just went to trial where E. Jean Carroll prevailed and a jury found that Donald Trump engaged in battery and defamation and awarded E. Jean Carroll $5 million. That was the E. Jean Carroll 2 case. Donald Trump has filed an appeal on that. He's not going to prevail on that, but that's E. Jean Carroll 2. Okay. E. Jean Carroll 1 is based on another set of defamatory statements that Donald Trump made. Virtually identical to the E. Jean Carroll 2 case, but it happened during a different period of time. E. Jean Carroll 2 involved defamatory statements that Donald Trump made in October of 2022 on his social media platform, and it also involved the battery claim based on the passage of New York's Adult Survivors Act, which reopened the statute of limitations on battery claims like the one E. Jean Carroll brought. The E. Jean Carroll 1 federal case involved defamatory statements Donald Trump made in the summer of 2019 while he was still in office. And they call it E. Jean Carroll 1 because it was the first case that E. Jean Carroll brought. She brought a second case, E. Jean Carroll 2, which went to trial before E. Jean Carroll 1 because E. Jean Carroll 1 got caught up in the appeals process. So E. Jean Carroll 1, E. Jean Carroll releases her book and she's giving interviews about her book. Donald Trump does a press conference at the White House and delivers a number of other statements to the press where he makes a number of egregious and defamatory statements about E. Jean Carroll. E. Jean Carroll then sues Donald Trump in New York State Court. Then, as discovery is about to take place, Bill Barr, Donald Trump's attorney general at the time, substitutes the United States of America in place of Donald Trump in the lawsuit of E. Jean Carroll versus Donald Trump. And then because the federal government is now substituted in, the case gets removed from New York State Court to federal court. That's how it ultimately got assigned to Judge Lewis Kaplan. Talk about unintended consequences, because Donald Trump absolutely uh -huh. despises Judge Lewis Kaplan. Because of that removal, when E. Jean Carroll II was filed, it was a related case. That's why it went before Judge Lewis Kaplan, who Donald Trump detests. But he detests every judge who is a law and order judge who makes rulings uh, that are not favorable to him because Donald Trump does not follow the law. But going back to E. Jean Carroll one, the case then gets removed to federal court. E. Jean Carroll challenges the designation of the United States in place of Donald Trump.
the argument by the United States government at that time, Bill Barr, is under an act called the Westfall Act, which basically states the government can substitute in for a government employee when the conduct is within the course and scope of the government employee's conduct. And because here there is no ability to bring a defamation claim against a someone who was a president or against a government official in this context, effectively by substituting in the United States government for Donald Trump, if it was a valid substitution, the case against Donald Trump would be dismissed on a technicality of the, based on the fact that the United States government substituted it. So, E. Jean Carroll challenged that. The federal judge, Lewis Kaplan, found that it was an improper substitution of the government, of the United States government, for Donald Trump. Judge Lewis Kaplan found, number one, Donald Trump doesn't constitute the definition of a government employee, the chief executive, the president is not a technical government employee under the Westfall Act, is what Judge Lewis Kaplan said. And then in any event, Donald Trump's defamatory statements are not in the course and scope of his role as being a government employee, because government employees are not supposed to defame individuals. So that's what Judge Lewis Kaplan held. Uh -huh. Donald Trump appealed that to the <laughs> Second Circuit Court of Appeals. And by that time, Trump was out of office. Uh, the Biden administration came into office. And so people were wondering, what was the Biden DOJ, what, was, what position was Merrick Garland going to take to this substitution of the United States government um, in place Come on, of pussies, Donald Trump? Do the well, right to thing. many people's frustration, uh, the decision made by the Department of Justice was to support the decision by Bill Barr. And it was done on a very technical ground. Fucking and also, you have to understand that the basis of the Pussies. Department of Justice, like the, the function, rather, of the Department of Justice, is to defend the executive branch. The Department of Justice is an executive branch agency. And so, because Donald Trump has engaged in all of this criminal conduct and this horrific conduct, it's made it a very kind of difficult and conflicted thing for the current DOJ, whose job would normally be to support decisions made by prior administrations. And the DOJ has not always supported. Mostly they don't support Donald Trump's prior decisions. But here on very technical grounds, the Department of Justice basically said, look, Donald Trump made these statements during a press conference in his role as president. Even if he made statements that were defamatory, what we want to avoid, this would be the argument of the Department of Justice, is that any future president who's asked a question at a press conference who doesn't give a good answer could be sued for defamation. So even though we don't support the specific statement that Donald Trump made, we are protecting the office of the presidency oh, from defamation lawsuits if they give statements during press conferences. So it's nuanced and frustrating, but that is the grounds that the DOJ basically supported the uh, decision that it was within the course and scope of employment. 
So the Second Circuit Court of Appeals had to review Judge Lewis Kaplan, the lower federal court judge's order, and the Second Circuit Court of Appeals said, uh, Judge Lewis Kaplan, you were wrong on the issue of whether Donald Trump is a government official. He was acting as a government official at the time um, because the office of the presidency constitutes a government official for purposes of the Westfall Act. But was he engaged in the course and scope of his employment? The Second Circuit said, we don't have a great answer. So we are going to designate that question to the top court, not a federal court, but the top court in the District of Columbia. It's a little bit confusing. It's called the Court of Appeals to ask them to decide on the issue if Donald Trump was engaged in the course and scope of his duties when he made the defamatory statement. So what did the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals ultimately hold? The D.C. Court of Appeals held that. We're not going to answer the question. They basically said, we believe oh, it is on. a fact-based inquiry, and that should be decided by a trier of fact at a later stage. Like a man, all these traitors would have been charged and removed from office. Problem solved. Fucking pussies. Fucking Jesus Christ, you motherfuckers. So pissed off. Deeply pissed. It's not for us to make that decision. In other words, put it back to a jury. So E. Jean Carroll I was then sent back to Judge Lewis Kaplan. At that time, E. Jean Carroll II was about to go to trial. E. Jean Carroll II went to trial. E. Jean Carroll prevailed in E. Jean Carroll II. So now what do we do with E. Jean Carroll I? Donald Trump also very recently went on this so-called CNN town hall and made more defamatory... statements about E. Jean Carroll. So in the past week or so, E. Jean Carroll's lawyers sent a letter to Judge Lewis Kaplan stating, we need to amend our federal lawsuit in E. Jean Carroll 1. We want to include facts that E. Jean Carroll 2 was a victory for E. Jean Carroll, which we believe has preclusive effect over hey, E. Jean Carroll 1. The fact that a jury about has you. now made this ruling fucking uh, pussy. means that the facts are a little bit different in E. Jean Carroll 1. Now, we want to explain what the jury ruled, 
so that there should basically be an automatic finding of liability at this point um, regarding the uh, decisions to be made in E. Jean Carroll. One, also, Judge, Donald Trump is still defaming E. Jean Carroll. Here's what he says on his social media platform. Here's what he's saying at the so-called town hall. We want to add that to the complaint as well. We want to file an amended complaint with these new allegations. Judge Lewis Kaplan said, I want to hear from Trump. I want to hear from the government on a very expedited briefing schedule. Wow. That's the description, though, of what led up to this letter. And it's important that you know that. Because now the Department of Justice said, whoa, whoa, whoa. We may have said a year ago or a few years ago that we thought it was within the course and scope of Trump's employment because it happened during this press conference. But in, in 2019, we were protecting the office of the presidency. But wait a minute. There are new facts now. Donald Trump defamed E. Jean Carroll at this so-called CNN town hall. And also, a lot of evidence has come out during the E. Jean Carroll 2 trial about Donald Trump's motivation. So there's all of this new facts that make us question what, what our initial thought process was in E. Jean Carroll 1. This isn't about protecting the office of the presidency. So here's what we propose, Judge, and this is what the Department of Justice said. You should rule first on the amended complaint that E. Jean Carroll wants to file. Let E. Jean Carroll file an amended complaint so we can review those allegations. We want to see all of the discovery. We want to look at what happened in E. Jean Carroll 2, what happened in that trial. A lot has happened. There's been a lot of appeals. But first, Judge, take a look at the amended complaint. Make a decision whether or not E. Jean Carroll can amend her complaint, which everyone thinks, of course, the judge is going to allow that to take place. And then we, we, we'll decide what our position is going to be. But our position actually may change. It may be different. We may not put forward any view based on what's happened in the appeals and these new facts that this is about protecting the office of the presidency. In other words, we, we may end up just saying, Trump, you're on your own here. Um, and I think that's ultimately what's going to happen because the new conduct was, of course, clearly outside the course and scope of the presidency. And also, just because the DOJ makes the statement that it believes it's in the course and scope doesn't mean that's a fact. It just means that they're asserting a position which the judge can accept or reject, and then it can go up on appeals but the DOJ becomes an intervener uh, in the case to make that uh, assertion. Um, so uh, just very briefly, if you take a look at this letter sent on May 26th, the United States writes in response to plaintiff E. Jean Carroll's letter brief from May 22nd. As plaintiff notes in her letter, the United States proposes that the court first resolve plaintiff's motion to file an amended complaint 
and that the United States that have 30 days after the court rules on that motion to meet and confer and submit a joint proposed schedule on the issue of substitution. The United States believes it's appropriate for three reasons. First, the Westfall Act contemplates that the Attorney General will make the initial decision as to whether the defendant employee was acting within the course and scope of employment at the time of the incidents out of which the action arose. The Attorney General's determination as to whether to certify that an employee of the government was acting within the scope of his office is framed by the allegations of the operative complaint. Thus, knowing which complaint is operative will be helpful with our decision. Second, the United States presently lacks evidence developed in discovery that may bear on the certification question. The United States has access only to those discovery materials that have been filed on the public docket. We do not have access to materials under seal or that the parties never filed but which may still be relevant to the substitution issue. Counsel for the United States is working with counsel for the parties to resolve uh, these issues. Um, and then just going up to one paragraph before because there was an important point there. Among other things, the proposed amended complaint contains new allegations regarding the former president's motivations when he made the challenge statements. It also alleges that the former president recently made new statements similar to those challenged in the case. So new statements, again, would not be covered. And the motivation part in the complaint and the evidence... There may change this whole thing. It's a bunch of legalese in here, but that's basically what's going on. The Department of Justice saying, wait a minute, we are reassessing our decision. We're not even focused anymore on this symbolic protecting of the office of presidency like we did before, where we agreed to continue this charade by Bill Barr. We're rethinking that right now, and let's wait till we get the facts, because I don't think we're going to support a substitution at all here. So, an important motion filed by the DOJ, and hope that factual background explained E. Jean Carroll 1, E. Jean Carroll 2, why the DOJ is involved in E. Jean Carroll 1, why the DOJ's made certain decisions there, and why this new letter is very important, because it basically means that Trump won't even be able to make this argument, it seems, if this is where the DOJ is going to go, that he's protected by any type of immunity for statements he made while he was in office. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Hit subscribe. We're on our way to 1.5 million subscribers. Thanks for your awesome support. Check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch and wherever you get audio podcasts, subscribe to the Midas Touch podcast. Wait, I don't really Please. understand. That's how it ultimately got assigned to Judge Lewis Kaplan. Talk about unintended consequences because Donald Trump absolutely despises Judge Lewis Kaplan because of that removal when E. Jean Carroll 2 was filed that was a related case. That's why it went before Judge Lewis Kaplan, who Donald Trump detests, but he detests every judge who is a law and order judge who makes rulings uh, that are not favorable to him because Donald Trump does not follow the law. But going back to E. Jean Carroll 1, the case then gets removed to federal court, E. Jean Carroll challenges the designation of the United States in place of Donald Trump. The argument by the United States government at that time, Bill Barr, is under an act 
Seditious conduct, pulling a Trump. Important government function that exists. We should have the highest level of standards at every. Uh, part of uh, the election process, from voter registration down to tabulation, down to reconciliation to certification. She not only refuses She's trying to over tried not she is trying she tried and still trying <laughs> two <clears throat> Diaper Don. So I believe that the, that the challenges that we saw on Election Day uh, definitely can be pointed back to the certification process because it is not a complete process. You cannot have a vendor driving a sales demo and expect that your Election Day operations are going to function. 
I think that if we took a serious look as to how we certify not just the machines, but the entire process, like for example, uh, I was told that they are not going to certify uh, some of the runback equipment that Maricopa County uses um, to do uh, ballot duplication. I have concerns with that. Uh, my understanding is that there is uh, some type of software in that that basically suggests uh, to the users uh, what choices they should select on the ballot when it's unclear. That's not okay. And so we need to, we need to take a comprehensive look uh, at every election process when it comes to voter registration. We don't have proper master data management processes currently, uh, uh, you know, governing our voter registration process. When it comes to uh, testing the ballots, testing, uh, testing the machines ahead of time, none of those processes are, are truly to the standards that would happen in the private sector. Uh, when, I, when I did this role in the private sector, uh, we had a solid uh, test case uh, process that the users actually participated in. I didn't see that happen. Um, and so this is, this is a big problem. We, we, we deserve best-in-class election procedures. That's not happening. Uh, and so uh, we're going to teach the grassroots how our elections operate, uh, and we're going to hold our elected officials accountable to get a process that Arizonans deserve. <coughs> Well, the people of Arizona want us to fight hard to secure our elections. So the people are behind this, the real people. You know, it's interesting that when you look at who's funding some of these big Democrat uh, operations, you, you find out it's laundered money, it's, it's our tax money going to Ukraine, coming back through FTX, being funneled into all of these PACs. It's outrageous. I don't see a lot of coverage of that. Our, our funds are coming from real people. As a matter of fact, let's come on over, Megan. Megan. <laughs> These are, this is just a, a couple of, I think a couple of months of, of letters we get when people send in money to Save Arizona Fund. They, they're sending it in because they, um, they care about our elections. They know that here in Arizona, we're at the tip of the spear and we're going to turn these things around. And they care about the elections in their own communities. And, for example, dear Carrie and team, thank you for taking up the fight. You will represent all of us who are working to get our country back. God bless you. Carrie, never give up the fight for America, Arizona, and our freedom. Carrie, you give us all hope. Please keep fighting. You just <clears throat> fucking wrote that humble twenty dollar donation for your continued fight against the evils at the Arizona and DC cartels. Fuck this cunt. This is a twenty dollar check. Look, Trump. <laughs> 
Bottomless pockets. Fucking corrupt Republicans. In New Jersey, New York, Minnesota, care about Arizona elections. Montana. You know why they should have a mega. M E G A, not MAGA. Although I think they're MAGA County. If you have a mega county like Maricopa, running elections the way Stephen Richard and it affects even places where they're running elections well. Doesn't matter if. small county and I was running elections well. When you are raising elections down here in Maricopa County, that ruins everybody else's vote. It takes away others' vote. And we're going to turn this around and then we're going to turn every other state where they are rigging elections around because people want our government back. <coughs> Chasing ballots means going to doors, knocking on them, and making sure that people are getting those ballots back. We're going to make sure they get the ballots back. We're not going to do it the illegal way like the Democrats do and they run their harvesting operations. Harvesting is illegal, but chasing isn't. And we got an army of people who are ready to chase ballots and turn voters uh, into activists. Your name and who are you with? Oh, wow. I remember your last story. Interesting. No, I, I don't think we're ready to go into all of those specifics, and Marissa's pulling a plan together, and we'll eventually uh, be able to answer those questions. But we're, we're going to use every legal way we can, and we're going to push the envelopes. The judges have basically said, anything goes. It doesn't matter. Anything goes. Election laws are just suggestions. So um, if anything goes, anything goes. Um, uh. 
I know you love everything you just said. You think it's, yeah, well, we're, we're working in a very corrupt system, and you can't see it. I know that. countries, these wealthy money machines paying us for the defense of their freedom and their nations. The concept of America financing and paying and losing lives for countries that won't even allow us to use their ships. And these are the countries that in 24 hours they'd be wiped off the face of the earth if it weren't for America. It's ridiculous. We don't give any... that we can ever hope to have. This country shouldn't be raising taxes. We ought to be lowering taxes. If you look at the payments that we're making to NATO, they're totally disproportionate with everybody else's, and it's ridiculous. This country is busted, and it's busted because we're doing things that we shouldn't be doing. If we had business ability in this country, we'd be making lots of profit, so-called surplus, that money. their freedom and their nations. The concept of America financing and paying and losing lives for countries that won't even allow us to use their ships. And these are the countries that in 24 hours they'd be wiped off the face of the earth if it weren't for America. It's ridiculous. We don't give anything to our farmers. The homeless are all over the streets of the major cities. This Fuck off. Fucking traitor. Why aren't these countries... No, they're not, actually. I haven't... Be careful who you let. Okay. I... Incredible. I have incredible... Let's get out of this fucking stupid... The first time I... Fuck off, Carrie Lake. Get off the stage. ...was at a story where... You're always... What I'm trying to say is you're always on your own side. Get off the stage. Suck. We were at a story... Get off the stage, you suck. ...where we were fighting as mothers. I was leading a rally at ASU with 115 degree heat, leading a rally to get our students out of masks. P.S. Scary Lake, you. It's a fucking hypocrite, too. Hypocrite. Extraordinaire. Dinner. Fucking cunt.
Wah, big baby, wah. Big baby. This useless cunt used to be Democrat. And Braun was standing there rooting for our kids to be masked up. You're on the wrong side of history. And I remember distinctly that day because you refused to say the Pledge of Allegiance and put your hand on your head. So that's what we're dealing with. That's what we're dealing with. Big baby. And I'm keeping, let me answer Get the off the stage. I didn't, I didn't make anything up. I, I, I'm right. Our children should not have been in masks. They shouldn't have been in masks. They're not healthy for our children. And you were there cheerleading for oh, masks fuck and vaccines. Like you have been. You're cheerleading Stupid for Maricopa County to continue to run shoddy elections. And we're not okay with it. And that's fine. You don't have to say the pleasure in America. But it tells me everything I need to know about where you stand with this country. Your name and what organization are you with? Yeah, just for the uh, audience, people are watching worldwide. Trolling scary late. <laughs> nope, I haven't made any income. I haven't. I haven't made any income. I've been living off my savings. I've, I had a wonderful, illustrious Fuck. career. What a bore. Right, that boring, boring. Get off the stage, bitch. Get off the stage. Cunts. Okay, get up the stage, loser.
<clears throat> put it on my Christopher Prize page. Okay. Get out of here. Boring shit. Anki return is now. Ancient Eridu, 450,000 years in the making, a new timeline of Sumerian history. the 